0: you ever tell. are you listening damn uh. welcome into the rantings of a fantasy football fanatic i am your host jesse moeller aka jmoller05 and we are rolling right through our getting to know series we are on our seventh or eighth edition already and i've been just interviewing a lot of different people in the space who i find interesting if it goes from people who produce content people who play fantasy football people who are associated with injuries people manage salary cap leagues so we're, we're kind of just touching base with everyone and the person who i'm bringing on is somebody who I actually touched base with a long time ago who we got connected in a pretty interesting way which we can hit up on that um as we get into it but found them on twitter um it is my buddy cody so i'm going to bring him on and let him introduce himself so hey cody how you doing good man how are you I am good. I want to thank you for taking your time out of your day to come and be on the show. Hey dude,
1: you know, I know uh, our time zones don't necessarily mesh well being a complete west coast and east coaster talking, but mm-hmm. hey, I got a few buddies on the west coast so
0: I'm, I'm pretty used to it. Yeah, it's it's for me it's always interesting even no matter how early I get up in the day. There's always going to be people up early starting like sending in like discord or slack or twitter or whatever all these platforms are on I'm always like okay I got some stuff I got to read to start the day I'm never I'm never the first one up so I'm just like you know what I'm west coast so it is what it is Listen, <laughs> it man like I
1: guess game. I just uh come monday night football just all I ask for is just send your cheese and peas to us east coast dads
0: yeah I love um how jj does that he's always like it's it's too late for us east coast dads just we got this game right now yeah exactly right just it's a it's, reminder it's rough man it's rough, it's man. Good. It's it's good rough.
1: Especially that first uh, Monday nighter of the season. That's the one that gets me every year.
0: Right. starting at like 8 o'clock for y'all, and I'm just like, sheesh, I feel bad for you guys. Especially, like, you have children. Like, that's a yeah. lot harder, and it's, it's, it's rough. not so easy. Yeah, but, hey,
1: like, it's, we do it for the
0: love of the game, right? Right. I know. I was talking to one of my buddies who actually lives in Amsterdam and produces content. And that's a whole nother spiel where he's up at the wee hours of the morning. Like, <laughs> it's just – I, so yeah. I was like, Being Dude, an
1: international football fan, I don't I – I mean – I you could argue
0: one could argue they're bigger fans than any of us. Right. Because you have to be like you don't have a yeah. choice with it. So it's just it's so interesting with that. But so I wanted to kind of bring you on to talk about basically fantasy football in general and your passion for fantasy football, because that's very evident as we are in a league together that we've been through dynasty for a while. Um, which we linked up. I wasn't I can't remember exactly which website it was on that we linked up on, but getting into that league with you and that group of guys has actually been a lot of fun. And I thought it would be a fun thing to touch base on is just kind of what motivated you from initially to start playing. Like, what was that time in your life where you're like, you know what? I want you to jump in fantasy football and see what this is all about. Because I know for like myself, once I got into fantasy football, I was like, whoa, this is something special. So I got yeah. just all the way in. So why don't you just give me the rundown on what, what drew you into fantasy football?
1: Yeah, man. So uh, what started with me, I, I grew up, I, I never played football. I I you know, played pickup football with friends and stuff. Like, I was always like really active um, and, and I wrestled a lot of my life. I've been skateboarding for 26 years now. Um, so that was always my big passion. So like, I never played a lot of actual sports outside of wrestling. Um, always wanted to play football, but just never got around to do it. And I got into baseball actually, it was around 2012, 2012. And it started initially i was a big diehard fan of the show the League. it was just i love nick kroll um I lo- i love a lot of guys and i used to watch it and it was one of those shows that made me laugh so hard even though i didn't fully comprehend what they were truly talking about and it started with a bunch of my guys who i skate with um were one man down and they needed somebody to join their face football league and they asked me and i was like man i've never played before i kind like the the names i knew in football outside of the big names were just names i heard from the league Mm -hmm. and i liked the idea because i'm just a really competitive person of trying to win something that i didn't have any knowledge in and that just motivated me so much like i'm gonna try to win this whole thing even though like some of these guys had played before some hadn't but a lot of them had so um i joined and then i think i just consumed i had like a 45 minute hour commute to work every day. And I just listened to every fantasy football podcast I could. Um, you know, from like ESPN's fantasy focus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to the fantasy footballers and their, you know, like when obviously when they started getting around. Um, and I just tried to consume as much as I could. I remember at the draft, I was like thinking of guys that the league talked about in the show. Um, so it, it was a lot of fun. And I think that year, I think I took third. Um, so I got really close and I was like, man, that was fun. Like I almost made it. Um and then from there i just kind of got hooked like i i was it was the first time i actually sat and watched like truly watch football outside of the super bowl and having players to root for and whatnot really kind of drew me into the game and it helped me understand the game a lot more too like from a like x's and o's standpoint and as the years have gone on i've kind of grown more smart to it and uh yeah i just it hooked me
0: like yeah. I, I very much enjoy the league because that's the first time my wife understood kind of, they did a good job of like telling the world kind of why us degenerates love fantasy football. Cause yeah. it's like, it's more of a bonding experience. You know what I mean? Right. It's yep. not just about the, but it's the group of friends are always. So like my wife and I would sit down every week and watch that show. And I was like, Oh, you like this? She's like, Oh yeah, it's hilarious. But she's like, I actually understand why you like fantasy football. And I was like, I like cause before yeah. she'd be like, why are you spending so much time playing fantasy football? I was like, Listen, I'm doing my best to explain this, but obviously you don't get it. So like having that visual medium show it to her, I was like, "I'm for." I think I think that. it
1: did. It did its great job at like understanding like how it consumes your day to day. Yes, I think that was the best part about it. it. Was like you know these guys like in their early 40s, you know, nice jobs, and yet all they can think about all day is setting your lineups, making sure. Tra- and it's like it is true, and it, it really is like that in the fantasy season. So no, that that's what started. But no, I have a. I always say a unique entry, so I always try to get new people in, have friends and family join leagues, you know, to get them in, even if they've never played, because I always use myself as an example. Like, I knew nothing, and kind of got hooked from there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you, you'd be surprised how, depending on no matter where you come from, if you enjoy certain aspects of, like, competition, camaraderie, and these things, you might not even understand football in general, but or fancy football, but, like, it has those pillars that can draw anyone in from any perspective, and that's why you see people from other countries who've never really heard of football, and they just start doing this, and they're like, "This is incredible." And I'm like, "I'm like, is there even like a football league in your league?" And they're like, "No, but this is great. I'll stay up till two, three in the morning, just just watching this." And I'm like, "Yeah, like it's 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 very hard for to like explain it, but I think shows like that do a great job of just highlighting the the awesomeness of it in general." Yeah. So I wanted to because we we are in that dynasty league together, so I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Where What was that leap you decided to go? You're like, you know what? I'm going to dive into this even more ridiculous, this more over-the-top 24-7 through 65 league where it's just all encompassing from jumping in from redraft to Dynasty is going in from the shallow pool to the deep end really fast yeah. because it's a whole different world, right? So I kind of wanted to get what pushed you into going into Dynasty.
1: So that, and I actually do recall how we got into that. Uh, we were in a Discord group together if you remember it was a Discord and and they someone can not remember who started it but somebody started it within that group and i i had i've only done redraft really my whole fantasy life and i was like mm-hmm. i was so like just hooked and i just wanted to I was i thought that was like the perfect time to try it because i'm like all right i can invest in it like uh it's a free league like like you said it's just a bunch of us guys and it, it's been a lot of fun but um it was just kind of the same thing it's what got me into fantasy the first time it was like it's this thought of the i know a lot about fantasy but it was still kind of an unknown factor oh dynasty mm-hmm. i knew dynasty was completely different um from especially from a drafting standpoint and the startup side and, and everything so it was same thing it was the idea of like all right it's a new challenge um and I, it was fun because you know i do i've hit, i had hit that point where like I love fantasy so much where when redraft was over, it was like, man, I could still keep thinking about it. And da- dynasty was that first entry into like, sweet. I can actually care about it. 365 as opposed to just when redraft season comes around. Um, so it was another way to just stay in the conversation to talk about fantasy more. Um, so that, it was the same thing. That's so that, that challenge. I like the idea of a new challenge. And uh, if, if you recall the first two years, I went to the championship in both years. Yes, and lost in both years. <laughs> Unfortunately, the second one to you, yeah. Um, I was, but I was writing
0: yeah. some lightning that those back to back weeks with Joe Burrow that was that was some yeah. fun. Like, he's putting up 40 plus. I was like, listen, we're just this is how it's going to be sometimes. I felt I felt badly I, I you because your team was I, dominant. I, yeah, that's I like I, look, I, looked back.
1: I looked back on that first year I made the championship, and like I think I was like, I think I only had two regular season losses. Like mm-hmm. my team was so stacked. I remember looking at, yes. especially with, with the way the scoring was set up. Uh, I had Mark Andrews and Darren Waller at their peaks and it was, just, it was a tight end premium. And I just, I was just staring at it like, and then yeah, I think I went to the championship and it was like the one week my team just absolutely crapped the bed. Yeah. And I lost to the guy that snuck into the playoffs. Like he was like the last seed. So yeah,
0: that it, it kind of was that way for my team, like last two years ago, whatever you want to, um, Yeah, my team was kind of got lucky towards the end. Like, they got hot right at the right time. Like, they were good. I think I was like the three or four seed, but like, I didn't feel confident with that team. And of course, you know, this could happen sometimes. Like, I'll fully admit there's luck involved. Like, who's going to predict Burrow going for 50 in one week? Like, no, that's not a thing. And you get it. Like, you know what? That's that's the nature of the beast. I think that's kind of why we also love fantasy because there is that random element to it. Case in point, Mike Evans last year when he went off for freaking 52 points or whatever. So, if you were starting him, it's like basically an auto win. (laughs) <laughs> like is it's just how it is. And I think that that draws us even more because no matter what you could win a week, even if you're projected to lose by 40, sometimes you can still win a week. So I think that part of it is we'll us no matter what.
1: And that's uh, my pitch to get new people into fantasy too. It's like, right. you know, I can, I can do all the research yet. There's that one person that'll auto draft and make it to the playoffs.
0: Right. And exactly. There's it's, it's maddening, but it's what keeps you coming back. Right. I love how we will, like, it's particularly if we do mock drafts a lot, you'll hear people constantly complain about the mock drafters and how they draft. But then you get into a regular season, and if someone auto drafts in that situation, like their team sets up really well. And I'm like, well, obviously, there's a discrepancy here. They're doing a good job setting it up the algorithm for those yeah. drafters. So, yeah, I do, I do enjoy that. I had that happen last year. Just too many leagues missed the draft. So it set up auto draft, and I had like a Q set up or whatever. But yeah, it drafted a very good team for me. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is (laughs) But you were talking about analysts and like research. So I'm curious when you're doing your draft picks and like building your teams out with your process, um, what like specific methods and strategies go into that for you? Uh, Good question. So I am,
1: I've especially, I'd say more so really in the past few years, I've really gone with more of a, I have like not to steal their shtick, but like I have like my guys, like, guys that I'm just, I will, I will die on the hill. on. Like I'm going to be right or wrong. And I don't care. I'm going to take them as many times as I can get them. Um, and then I, same thing. It's the same idea with guys. I just same thing, gut instinct, whatever it may be. I just want to stay away from. And same thing. I will be happy to miss the boat on him if I have to. Um, but I just, I would rather miss the boat than draft them. And then what I felt was wrong comes to fruition and knowing I could have avoided it, and I didn't, right. so there's, there's some of that. I what I what I've I done. I do a lot of my own. I do all my own projections. Um, mm-hmm. I I use shout out to Kyle Yates' tool. I think it's yeah. it's an, such an easy, awesome tool to use. Uh, so I do a lot of my own projections in terms of like what I what I foresee a lot of teams doing um, from a target share perspective. And then I kind of I sit back and I look at it and see if some of my process will players who I think is you know who I was really high on who I thought was right if the stats add up to that and if they don't then I try to have to think like am I missing something um or am I just going to go with my gut uh I had mentioned to you offline a few days ago about I I'm going to start statting this out but every year what I do is I look at what top 10 players there are and it doesn't matter the position mm-hmm. and what players the general consensus overall are fading. And every year, one or two of those players that everybody fades are end up being the league winners. Yeah. Case in point last year, Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs has always just been Josh Jacobs. Like, you know, I never really wanted to draft him. No hate on him. I thought he was good. I just never thought he got utilized. Right. Um, and same thing. He goes in the normal Josh Jacobs draft range. He wins people leagues. Um, And it, it you if some people forget a lot of people Debo was like that too, the year he had that huge year mm-hmm. Debo was awesome talent, but he couldn't stay healthy. So it's like, ah, stay away, stay away. Debo wins you your league. Great. So I always, uh, I always try to find, keep an eye on the players that everybody's fading and just keep them in my short list of like, have some market share of those guys because history has shown us that some of those guys are going to have an outlier season or just completely prove people wrong. So I've got some players this year that are on that short list of like, all right, who who are we fading this year? And then what situations could like prove me right where I'm like, there's a situation of a player, and I understand why we could fade them, but they could also be set up to win you your league. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to actually stat that out year to year from now on. So I mm-hmm. actually have a list of like here are 10 players that everybody's gonna tell you to fade. However history has showed us they could win you your league
0: right that very much sounds like a twitter piece like you know how it is it's yeah. like these five exactly and it's it's just how you word it and how you do it but i agree there's always guys in case of point it's like we both were talking about javante off screen he's getting pushed down to obscene levels and it's been that way for obviously i expect his adp to skyrocket but he's currently going like in the sixth seventh round and at that price it's like just why not like what's it's not going to kill you if you draft him and the upside yeah. is far more tantalizing than some of these guys in that range so it's Certain players, you kind of have to be willing to go against consensus because we're on Twitter, and you you'll see it in particular on Twitter. Like there's like this hive mentality where people, everyone, starts piling on and piling on. They're like yep. I don't want this guy, and you're like, but what if you're all wrong about this guy, right? And you kind of have to shift your process. And I think that's a, a good way to kind of refine it and get better at it each year. And particularly yep. with you doing your own projections. I think that's a very good way to do it because you see the difference year to year. I'm like, huh, what went wrong or what went right. And you yeah slowly get better and better and better. And comparing yourself to like, if you go back to time, like when you first started, you see how you did stuff there. And you're like, wow, I've come a long way. This is it's This
1: Yeah. It's night and day different. I think the biggest thing that my projections help with is it helps me tell me uh, team trends. Right. So I can look at, like, for instance, I, I had just started out the NFC South being mm-hmm. a saints fan. I just did that division first. Studying out uh, Bijan Robinson and I can look at what an Arthur Smith offense does and that will give me a very good like base plate to know yep. what I can see Bijan finishing with. Um, you, you know obviously there are, are variables that you know we have to expect, but it, it helps me know like all right, I know how much this team is going to run, I know how many plays run plays are going to run year over year. Uh, the Ravens were always easy because obviously Harbaugh has been the coach for so long. So it's just, Mm -hmm. I can see for a five-year sample of how many plays they run, how many pass plays, how many run plays, and I can get a good median average and then just kind of go from there. Um, and then it, you know, I bake in how I feel about a player in terms of efficiency and touchdown luck and things like that. But it's a, it's a fun process, man. I I always enjoy this time of year, staying up late, statting
0: out teams. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just, I mean, if you're truly a degenerate, this is something a lot of the degenerates are going to love, right? You just fully dive into all of the data and not everyone does projections like, cool, if that's not for you, that's not for you. But if it is yeah. for you, there's so much research you can, you can get into the weeds. Like you can go all the way or as far as you want to go. But I think when, when you're doing projections, it's interesting when you do the flip side, when you have new coaches with new players and new schemes and new talent, like, how do you go about doing that? Because in certain situations, you can yeah. overreact one or the other, and your projection is going to come out completely wrong. Where you're like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Case in point, last year, like I was, I projected the Eagles' offense with like Jalen Hurts, and I was like, holy crap, I got him at QB four. This is way too high. I was like, there's no way this could happen, right? So I, I was like, I didn't trust what I did there, and then I just sure. watched it happen, and I was like, son right. of a biscuit, I should have trusted myself. But you know, sometimes you get on the platforms, you hear like very important people saying things, and you're like, oh, they obviously know what they're talking about?" Like, I'm just a guy. I'm not that. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of what you have to check yourself on and see, like, is, is my process good? Can I trust it? And then if you ride with it, there's money to be made if you're playing process, or if you're just, you know, it's there's where it's at. No, hundred percent, man. We
1: uh, uh, we have a, I have a buddy. We call it the Jamar Chase rule. Um. Uh, shout out to Matt Susie. He's in our dynasty league. Actually, he's my buddy who I brought in last year, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we spoke, it was, it was Jamar Chase's rookie year. And it was during the off season when he, his ADP got knocked down because the NFL ball was different and he mm-hmm. couldn't catch. And even though pre that we were super high on him, like yeah. this guy is gonna, you know, the, the guy who's dominating the league right now, Justin Jefferson, this was the bigger, stronger, faster version of him in college. Right. So it's like, why shouldn't he be bad? Like, this doesn't make sense. And then we let that, that like you said, those Twitter hives kind of infect our brain and how we thought. We didn't draft him much his rookie year. Case in point, we were wrong. So yes. since then, we call it the Jamar Chase rule. If you have a conviction
0: on a guy, just stick with it. Don't mm-hmm. don't veer off. Yeah, I would say it's always nice to listen to people. But like you don't want to do it to the point where you're completely changing everything you're thinking. Cause yep. there's nothing worse than going like trusting you're going in the process changing and then being right in the end. Yeah. You're just yep. like, Oh <laughs> my worse. gosh, this is just, it, it eats at you. It's like, he, I, he to this <laughs> day can't live it down. He is. I, yeah. I believe it. It's just he, some of those times you're just like, man, this is brutal. How did I just, did you just shake your head? You're like, well, that's a learning potential right there. Yep. That's the only thing you can do with it. hundred percent, man. Um, but speaking of like listening to people and analysts or content creators, are there certain ones in particular that influence the way you build your team? Um, are there any like experts on whatever platform you want to talk about, or any you know the big leagues, any place like that? Um, I would say some of the the the, the guys
1: that I, I think I, I give most of my time to, especially from like a podcast standpoint, um, Kyle Yates is is, a, is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the fantasy footballers is, is, it's just a it's just a good listen. I, I do like theirs just from I like the fact the three person dynamic, because at least you can get three different people and how they work out their difference. You know what I mean? Like, because th- those conversations are are sound very similar to what I'm sure what all of us have with all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, those just three friends sitting there talking about you can see how each each of them can have a completely different conviction on a player. Um, so I always like listening to that and how they kind of talk through their differences on certain players and how they also may agree on certain people um another one that i i think is is always has been a good one that i've been a fan of for a long time is actually pat mayo i i listen to all of pat mayo's stuff i'm just a fan of the channel but yeah uh, but I, I also like his more blunt approach too of yeah. like hey you know i don't like a player i'm just not gonna like them forever like don't need any rhyme or reason to it i'm sure stats can tell me i'm wrong mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time don't care gonna stick right. with it <laughs> um so so I do, I do like uh, a lot of Mayo stuff and it's just more of a good entertainment, but from an analytical standpoint, I'd say Kyle Yates is one I like to listen to a lot, um, footballers or another. And then just, yeah, whoever I catch on, on either YouTube or Twitter, I kind of catches my eye and yeah, I like, to, I like to see everybody's process, you know, even, even the, the, those who will not be named processes who I think we can disagree with and how they go about a lot of their stuff. I, I always uh, I find it interesting so I'm like yeah hey, you got some valid points. don't agree with how you go about your stuff mm-hmm. but I see what you're trying to do um, It's just yeah so those are some guys that I've always liked to listen to but I, I've come to the point of I just like to listen to everybody's opinions on stuff and then I see if they either match what I feel or if they're way off And then I kind of you know I usually'm just gonna go with my gut regardless. Alvin Kamara is a is a big one for me this year. That I think on every podcast everyone is acting like he is 37 years old and is and I'm just it's to me it's mind-boggling. And that takes my fanhood out. Like, I'm a diehard Saints fan. That taking my fanhood, I just don't understand it. I, I can't see where they're coming. I mean, they talk about the guy like he's been washed up for the past five years. Right. And it's like I mean, I don't know. I saw that preseason game. I'm like, that looks like Elvin Kamara to me. Like, it's it's just weird, I guess.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's – I was more – my issues was how he was used. They were more using him as a grinder, and I was like, dude, sure. get this guy in space. I mean, he still saw a 20% target share, so let's not act like he yeah. wasn't seeing targets. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, I I just hope that usage changes where they more let him get in space, which is where he's super dynamic and he's one of the most like elusive running backs in the league, right? He's – He's not, I don't think he's that old, also. He's he's getting up there, but he's still got years. 28. Running. Yeah. It's like, you know, we just saw Austin Eckler do that at freaking RB1. It's like, exactly. And it's, I mean, obviously, I don't expect him to be RB1, but like he can drastically outperform his ADP of where he's currently going. So,
1: well, yeah. And, and he always, to me, has the ability. And this is something I think is is slept on. And you kind of, t- Austin Eckler and him have this in common. They shared a backfield most of their career. Mm-hmm. Um. So, unlike your Zeke's and your Derrick Henry's who have just been every down grinders and just getting pounded on. And we've seen the decline. Like we saw, we've seen Zeke decline over the years. Um, But Alvin Kamara, when you really look at, yeah, outside of last year, I would say, yeah, last year, he kind of got used more as a grinder. Also last year, they didn't really have an option. Yeah. So we didn't really have any, we didn't have anybody behind him. And it was just, it was all bad all around. But, you know, he shared most of his career with Mark Ingram. Eckler shared most of his career with Melvin Gordon. Like he, he hasn't been beat up as much as some of these other guys who are the same age as him. Um, so I think he's got a lot more tread on his tires. Um, I think we saw in that brief glimpse in the preseason game, a lot of offensive changing for Pete Carr, Michael, which, again, need needed to happen. Derek Carr is going to help a lot of that, having Michael Thomas Year Two Alave. So a lot, a, lot of, a lot of good vibes coming out of there. And, again, I think we actually have a running back room now where we can start to use Kamara back to how he was used before. Get him in space, you know, don't run him up the middle. Use Kendra Miller and you know Jamal Williams for
0: running up the middle, get yeah. Kamara in space. It's like, yeah, use the guy to like what he excels at. <laughs> he's exactly. been one of the best, the best casters to come out in like the last decade, and he's proven that throughout his career. So yeah, if they want to get him in space, like it's only good things that could come from that. So hundred yeah. percent with you on that. Like it's in dynasty people are like, Oh, just sell him for a random second. I'm like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take the production of my contending teams and just ride it into the grave. If it burns me, it burns me. I don't So, care. I'll the go key, down with you, the ship. Yeah, you you see him he's all swagged out. I'm like, "Look at that swag." Like sometimes yeah. that just is going to lure you in. I'm like, "You know what? He's it's too good. I just can't." Turn
1: I just him. haven't seen the physical decline that I've seen from other guys. Like I watch him run and I'm like, "He looks like Alvin Kamara." Mm-hmm. Like I'm not seeing the decline, you know. People can use some numbers, but again, I like I said I kind of throw out last year as a yeah. as a throw. And he's and if you think about it too from a career standpoint, the guy's been healthy for most of his career. Like he has not like had any major injury. That's kept him out of season. Like he's really been a really healthy back. And I think it's just because he has kind of split that backfield and the way they've utilized him and
0: deployed him. Right. And it's the rushing was never like his way to succeed. Anyway. No. It was like he was, it was a part of his game. Yeah, obviously. But like we both know how he was winning. And in PPR leagues, like that's exactly what you want. You want those aged guys that can age gracefully out the league. And I fully believe he still has a couple of years where he can do that. No problem. 100%, man. Um, so for, I would say for you, What's what else like drives your passion with fantasy football? Is it, and this maybe involves getting social media a little bit, but is it like the social aspect when you get into that with everybody, or is it more the competitiveness you were talking about, or is it maybe a combination of both aspects?
1: It's, it is both. Um, I, there is a camaraderie, especially when you're in those longtime leagues that you've been in for, you know, eight, 10, 12 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when the leagues essentially remain the same with all the same people, um, There is just that fun competitive slash camaraderie about it. Um, It was kind of the reason I had been in skateboarding for as long as I have been. Um, It was just, it was competitive within myself to get things right. Um, And there's the camaraderie. Like skateboarding is all about camaraderie. That's kind of what it's based off of. But being competitive, it allowed me to drive myself to get better every time I stepped on my board. Fantasy football has a lot of that in it for me. It's, I love the camaraderie yet. I love being competitive with others. Um, and it's honestly, I think another fun fact, is just, it's like you mentioned earlier, it's the randomness. Like you can be, there is no such thing as like, I'm great at fantasy football. I think you can be good, but there's still so much left to chance because you're still essentially betting on a not scripted football game. Um. And, you know, I always think of like that Julian Edelman catch in the Super Bowl. Like if I could ever eclipse what fantasy football looks like in a football play, it's the Edelman catch. It's like that right there. That's when you're up going into Monday Night Football by like 60 points. And somebody has, you know, you know, there's that Drew Brees, Eli Manning game from 2015 where he throws seven touchdowns. You know what I mean? It's like there's just Just such this variance. Yeah. There's this variance you cannot predict. Um, and I think that's what's so fun about it is that you can do everything and get statistically as accurate as possible. Yet, you know, one play can change your whole season. So, yes, and it's, me. it's, it's the, it's almost like the unrealistic expectation of like to try to be perfect at this, knowing that it's unattainable, but you're still going to try every year to get better. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, you know, especially more so now, just being a dad of two, like I'm just home a lot, like, I'm getting older i'm in my mid-30s skateboarding as much as i love it and i still do it i i've hit that point where like a nfl running back i can't do it to the level i used to 10 years ago and i i i need to take that energy that i put my whole life into skating and i've slowly kind of maneuvering it over to fantasy football yeah. because i need to have that thing uh because my whole life's been about skating and i guess i never envisioned there would be a world where i wouldn't have it and I'm starting to hit that point in my life where it's like, oh, I've, at some point I'm not going to have this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I need to find my next thing that I can put some of that like side energy into. And fancy football is easier for me because I, I can't get hurt. And uh, I'm home a lot with kids. So and, it's something uh, very easy to do. People ask me, how many, how, why are you in so many leagues? I'm like, it's easy because
0: I'm home. Mm-hmm. So I, all I have to do is look at my phone and it's very simple. It, it'll, it'll draw you in. And I think that, um, like you're talking about finding a way to take that competitive nature of something you've been so passionate about and putting it into something else. I think fantasy football is a good outlet for a lot of us, in particular the people who go as extreme as we do with the dynasty leagues and all the, the DFS and the best ball and all these leagues where you're looking at your phone and like you're scrolling through sleeper. I'm just like, Ooh, this is a lot of leagues, but I'm like, there's a yeah. reason I do it. It's obviously I'm fighting yeah. that because like I played sports my whole life, but you, like you say you get older. it's It's not as easy to do things you did before. So you're like, you know what? let's find somewhere else to hone this, this thing I need to use and just put it in fantasy football. And it, I think it, it serves that perfect purpose for a lot of us, I would say in this space.
1: Yeah, no, it's it, like I said, it's just, it's weird. Cause you know, like I told you earlier, I, 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 wrestled for a lot of my life, but I didn't really play any other sports. I was just so consumed by skating. And uh, yeah, once I, once I hit age 30, I started to maybe think about it. And then, you know, I'm almost 35. So I'm like, I would say almost thirty five in skateboarding is basically you know forty nine in real life. Yeah. Uh, so it's <laughs> very much so. It's tough. So yeah. Now I'm just like, all right, where can I put some of this focus, this hyper focus and energy? It's uh. So yeah, my my drive for fancy, if
0: anything, just grows year over year. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. It's funny, like my my dad, who's super competitive in the sports, like at a certain point he couldn't do the sports anymore. So he's like, what can I do that's still physical? So for his version of fancy football, it's just bowling. So it's interesting, like, you'll you'll find people that just take what they love and they just tweak it a little bit. It's like, hey, I can still do this. And you still get that competitive outlet and you get camaraderie with friends, which when you just still fancy football, like, that's what it's all about, right? You're trying to win, have a good time with people that you know, and just enjoy it and, like. Yep. It's just about having fun. You know, that's, that's the key
1: point. How did I lose you?
0: Sorry about that. I lost you for a second. Yep. Can you hear me? My internet every once in a while will just choose to randomly just go. Home. There you are. Okay. All right, cool. I. It shows it's kind of low, but it should be good. I don't know. And I can clip all this stuff out, so it's not a big deal. No, thing. yeah, okay. So, okay. good. Um, okay. So, all right, let's just reword this. Uh, How do you consistently find ways to improve your fantasy football skills? Like, Do you seek out new resources on Twitter, or what's your way of going out to improve yourself year over year?
1: Um, I, I, for my biggest thing, um, because I, I think from a, you know, obviously from Twitter to just, just constantly listening to as much uh, content as I can, just, I like to hear, I get, like I said, I like hearing everybody's process and mm-hmm. then maybe finding ways into like how maybe I can incorporate some of that thinking, maybe something I just never thought of, um, like a new perspective. Uh, Cause as we all know, you know, sometimes we can be stuck in a process and be like, no, my process is right. Um, and be very convicted by that. And I, I'm very guilty of doing that. Hence, you know, some of my, my debates with friends about baseball can get heated sometimes. Cause I can mm-hmm. just be so convicted by like, no, you are wrong. I am right. And it's mm-hmm. the same way for them. So just try to be more open-minded, like whatever, you know, hearing a different perspective, um, on whether it's a player, a team, whatever the case be. And then honestly, it's just the, the end of the year results. I just try to think, think to how I thought. In the moment we're in right now the, the pre-draft and draft season um and then at the end of the year try to think of like okay yeah like maybe i should start pivoting and in, in terms of the way I, I feel about certain position groups or whatever the case be or maybe just how i draft um and and way of thinking like i'm i'm a big get get the quarterback like from a quarterback position I, i'm always a big like give me the guy that is poised to break out into a top five quarterback that's going later. And I've hit almost every year. Uh, last year, it was Jalen Hurts for me. I was, uh, th- this moment he took over that offense, I had a big argument and I still have the screenshot from my, my friend group of like, I said, I was like, he's going to be a top five fancy quarterback. And this mm-hmm. was, you know, before he could throw apparently. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, again, rushing quarterback doesn't really matter um, at the same time. And then when they added AJ Brown, I started thinking, I'm like, well, he's in. he was in his third year. What happened in Josh Allen's third year? They give him Stephon Diggs, Jalen Hurts gets A.J. Brown. And I started to just kind of think of that trend. And I'm like, well, every year Jalen Hurts got better. He looked better each year he played, even before A.J. Brown. And then you give him A.J. Brown. And I'm like, okay, he's looked better each year. He's in his third year, which is typically when we kind of see that lift off. We saw it with Kyler when he got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I'm like, I'm noticing this trend of like third-year quarterbacks who get an X receiver do really good. And he did. So um, that's been a process that's worked. Um, processes that haven't worked for me are, are fading guy, your your Derrick Henrys and like your Nick Chubbs, who I love the players, but like I have such a half PPR, PPR mindset mm-hmm. of like, If you're not going to catch a screen pass every game, I don't want to know your name. And that's why, like, I've missed the train on Derrick Henry now. Uh, Funny thing is, I was actually in on Derrick Henry his first two years when he was behind DeMarco Murray. And I just, it was funny. So the two years I was actually in on uh, Derrick Henry was prior to him actually getting the starting role. And then (laughs) I gave up on him after that. And then he blew up. And then I was like, ah, whatever. I've missed the boat.
0: Yeah, so. me too. This is this is actually the one year I've been in on Derrick Henry where it's like sure. people are just fading him to oblivion. And I'm like, listen, I don't care. Like, he's going to produce some points. So, yeah. and if he I, so I, I finally got a share or two after doing that exact thing for him in the last four or five years. And I was like, this guy can't keep doing this. This is impossible. I'm like, little, yes, I know yeah. this guy's a freaking <laughs> alien. Like, he's not human. Yep. <laughs> I love the, the photo you see him and Mark Ingram next to each other, and he just absolutely dwarfs yeah. Mark Ingram. I'm like, this is a running back. I'm like, sheesh, man. This guy is. Yeah, it's always cracks me up seeing that photo between the two of them.
1: I was the epitome of the meme of he cannot keep getting away with this when, right. when it comes to Derrick Henry. Um, I was in on Nick Chubb until Kareem Hunt got there because I was always pick on Kareem Hunt. Once Kareem Hunt got there, I was like, I'm out. Um, and not realizing that, hey, he's still going to have really good value and still put up RB one numbers and all this. Like, So, you know, that's one of those areas where I need to remind myself, like, at the end of the day, points are points regardless of how you get them you yeah, know some guys got to get them by getting 350 carries other guys like alvin kamara can get 180 carries and you know finish simply. you know i just have to realize that at the end of the day they're going to finish where they finish it's yeah, how they get but, there just you know stop worrying about it
0: certain guys are just they have that stank on them and it's yep. and it, they are just get faded to oblivion it's like well it's just you just do the stats and you're like well actually like he's not too bad it's going to be a solid year for him so you're like well all right, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll get that stank all over me and just write it down and see how it goes. Yep. So it's, it's fun with contending teams in dynasty, like we're talking about, like that. I always enjoy just getting those old guys. I know they're not going to be tradable. It's just like, well, let's just right. try and see how this goes. Yeah, while exactly. you have it, yeah, like it's points or points, exactly. So that's what it is. Um, how long do you plan on playing fantasy football? Like you're talking about, you're taking this competitive nature and this desire to take skating into fantasy football how long do you want to keep playing it? Do you want to play it until you're in your seventies, eighties, or do you, at some point, do you want to kind of just move the fans football into something else?
1: No, I honestly, I think this is something I'll just play till the day I die. I just think it's, it's what it's, it's just, I think it's also a, you kind of mentioned about when you get older, like especially in your older age, I think it'd be a good mental exercise to kind of keep your mind young and healthy. Uh, I know like I have a, I have a grandma that's starting to go, it's really going through dementia. And it's like you try to find ways to kind of keep your mind and, and brain activated. I think fantasy football is a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, so I actually think maybe uh, there should be a study done on, on people of our age groups and, you know, maybe Matthew Barry's age of like the beginning of fantasy football of like, how do these, I like, see if dimension numbers go down from people mm-hmm. who play fantasy football. Is, it, it's a really good that. stimulating way to keep your mind going and constantly thinking week over week. Um no, I'll I'll play forever, man. Uh, there, there's a I'm sure you've seen it. There's a cool guy on on the internet. I love seeing it. It's this dad, and he had he's collected all of his draft boards since like 19. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that. I did. See and that, like yeah. I love that. I I can watch that video and it never doesn't make me smile. Mm-hmm. Like because I'm like I love that guy's energy for baseball. Ball. And he can recall every draft, every draft pick. He'll pull up a draft board like that's the year. and it's just it's awesome. And I'm like. That's me. Like, I want that to be me when I'm 52 right there. Um, this is this guy who's kept all these draft boards for the past 30 years. Yeah, and it's just,
0: I'm, it's really cool. Uh, I do love the aspect of getting together in home leagues. And I mean, it's obviously changing with Sleeper. Like, people are doing more digital. They're not doing ads where they sit down together yeah. and throw something. But, like, if you're able to go sit down with the, your home league, have a good time and draft players, Nothing put better. them on the board, the old school, it's, yeah, it's, it's the most fun. You can just razz each other. Ham it up and just enjoy yourself. So, yeah, I, I try to do that every year, at least in one of my leagues. And it doesn't always yep. work out. But Two leagues, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, as you get older, I get it. Schedules are just hard to coordinate with. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean,
1: let alone a couple people, you know, 10 to 12 is mm-hmm. tough. But, you uh, know, mm-hmm. we have two. We have my home league that I've been in for a long time. And then uh, another keeper league I'm in. It's, it's strictly an in-person draft. That's awesome. Um, there is no online draft aspect to that, those leagues. So, those are, uh, yeah. And same thing, those are my two favorite leagues to be in because mm-hmm.
0: of the draft process yeah the the homely if you have a very competitive league with and it doesn't have to be homely because you're gonna be friends from the internet right but if you have a group that's all centered around this one league it really just makes it more fun like i get we love formats and different styles but nothing beats the, like everyone getting in together for yep. that type of league so yeah like 100 percent. you could talk to me about 32 team league which i have one of those and all these crazy leagues right but that there's two that's leagues in general, my home leagues. That yes, exactly. That I just it's about the people and the camaraderie, and it's like obviously I want to try to win. Like <laughs> that's no that's fancy it. football, exactly. but that's what it's all about. But, um, yeah, I think I I I just very much appreciate you coming on the show today, man. It, was a, yeah, it man. was a pleasure chopping it up with you. Why don't you um tell everybody where they can find you?
1: uh so on twitter it's it's i'm typically uh just gonna complain about football and mixed martial arts is only two things i usually tweet about um uh but on twitter it is at mrlanchar eighty nine um and that's that's really about it for i usually keep my uh that's twitter's but my only i'm i by the way i will i'm not calling it x i will not that will be my boomer moment that's fine yeah i will take that to my grave it will never be x to me it's gonna be twitter till the day i die but uh yeah on twitter at mr launcher 89 uh that's usually where i'll put out any of my fantasy takes slash uh mma takes or just reactions usually yeah it's usually uh, me complaining if uh something w- didn't go my way
0: or really excited when things went my way yeah uh, the, the, the tweets pop off on sunday right it's like yep there they are it's like we're watching the football i 100% yep. get it uh, but yeah um but yeah thank you once again for coming on i appreciate the time and yeah this was the getting to know series i think this is the eighth one we've done so we are we're steaming through i hope y'all check this one out and i hope y'all have a good week so take care folks have you ever failed? are you listening Damn. Uh. awesome yeah man i i appreciate